Welcome back to Teaching 101, Bellevue's resource for teachers and potential teachers. We are still in section number two, and this is lesson number seven. This is about explanation, illustration, application, questions, and class involvement. I know that's a lot, but we're going to get through it very quickly. Matthew chapter 12, verse 11 says this, And he said to them, What man is there among you who has a sheep? If it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will he not take hold of it and lift it out? What is happening here? Jesus is using an illustration of a sheep talking about if it falls in a pit on the Sabbath, and he's going to explain to them what this illustration does. What he does is he uses an illustration to drive home his point. Brother Steve talks about in his video on how to develop a life group lesson, a three-step teaching method. So here's the deal. Once you develop that outline, let's say you have three points. For each one of those points, you're going to do three things. You're going to explain it, you're going to illustrate it, and you're going to apply it every time. If you notice, and you will start noticing this if you haven't ever noticed it, when Brother Steve preaches on Sundays, no matter if he gives you one point, two points, or ten points, he's going to explain it, he's going to illustrate it, and he's going to apply it. Now, sometimes that application doesn't come till the very end of the message, but he's going to give an application from that. And so I want to just give you some information about that in the three-step teaching method. First thing is explanation. Explain the truth clearly. So for instance, when we looked at John 3.16 in the last lesson, we would look at that verse and we would explain it. What does he say? He says, God loves the world. God is love. He loves all people. He created all people. And then that verse goes on to say, whoever believes in him will not perish. What does it mean? It means that you have to place your faith and trust in Jesus. You have to believe like Romans says, that he died on the cross and that he rose from the dead and that he's the son of God. You have to believe that. And if we believe in him, we do not have to experience that death. What death is he talking about? Not physical death. He's talking about a spiritual death. We don't have to experience hell. We get to experience heaven because of his shed blood for us. And so what we do is we explain. So just like that, very quickly, just explained John 3.16. Then we illustrate it. Maybe I would take and illustrate God's love. He talks about, for God so loved the world, and we could illustrate his love. How would we do that? I may use a personal illustration. I may use a biblical illustration. I may use an illustration from culture about love. For instance, I might say, you know, everybody loves stuff. We love a good hamburger. You love a new car. You love a big house. You love a good TV show. We love a lot of things, but that's not the type of love God's talking about here because, see, we love our children or we love our spouse a whole lot differently and deeper than we do a hamburger or a car or a new house, or at least we should, right? And so when we talk about that illustration, we could talk about our great love for our children or our great love for our spouse or the love that we experience from our earthly father and mother, and we could talk about how much greater God's love is for us because of his shed blood for us on the cross, that he died on the cross for us. So an illustration, this is what it does. It shines light on the truth. So in the explanation, we explain the truth clearly, and then the illustration shines light on the truth. If people walk away and all they remember is your illustration, then we have failed as teachers, and I am guilty of that and have done that. I've had people walk up to me and say, I love that illustration that you gave, and they'll retell the illustration, and I'll say, that's awesome. What was the illustration pointing to? And they don't remember. 
they have no idea how it actually applied to them. See, I failed because the illustration is not for me to be remembered or the illustration to be remembered. The illustration is simply to shine light on the truth. And then the third thing is application. The application, share how the truth applies to the hearer's life. So we explain the truth clearly. We illustrate it by shining light on the truth, and then we apply it. We share how that truth that we've just explained and illustrated applies to the hearer's life, the person that's sitting underneath your teaching. How does this apply to my life? And that's how we do it. So if I was going to have a three-point lesson, I would have my three points, and each one of those points would have explanation, illustration, and application underneath of them. And that's how I'd write my outline. So my outline on my paper would say point number one, God is love. The explanation, I would write out a couple sentences on the explanation of John 3.16. Then I would write out an illustration. I may say the illustration that I just gave about loving my children and loving a hamburger and all of those things and how God's love is different than that. And then I'd write out a sentence or two on the application, and then I'd have point number two. And I would give explanation, illustration, application right underneath that. And so I love what Brother Steve points us to because I think this is a biblical approach to teaching, this three-step teaching method. Explain, illustrate, and apply. The second thing I want us to talk about in today's lesson is the idea of questions. If you've ever noticed, in the worship center when Brother Steve is preaching, that is not a dialogue, that is a monologue. Nobody ever raises their hand and asks a question, but there have been times my life personally, when Brother Steve was preaching, and I thought, you know, I'm going to ask him about that later. I've got a question in regard to that. That's not a place where we ask questions and we let people answer, nor do they have the opportunity to ask a question. That is what a life group is designed for. If I could encourage you in any way as a teacher, it would be to pray and prepare and have a biblical lesson to be able to teach, but to be open to conversation and dialogue in your class. Questions are the best way to not just give another lecture-style lesson. For instance, you've been listening to these lessons. This is lesson number seven, and it has been nothing but lectures. You've not been able to ask any questions. And so I would love to sit down with you and let you ask questions and me ask questions, and let's dialogue through some of the stuff that I've talked about, but that's not how this has been set up. And I think oftentimes people walk in our life group rooms, and they sit there, and they just get another sermon. There's not questions that asks where it gets them involved. And so I want to encourage you to ask questions. I want to encourage you in your lessons, if you have three points, ask three questions. Ask a question and then sit there in silence and let people answer. See, questions involve the entire class, and you want a group involvement. That's what a life group is. It's going through life together. Questions also encourage discussion. We want people to discuss I know in my class, when I ask a question, I have people that'll speak up and I'll think, goodness gracious, that's so much better than anything I was going to say. And the Lord speaks through them oftentimes. And so questions encourage discussions. Growth happens through community and questions are a piece of community. If you were going to create community and you never had dialogue, it was always monologue, it wouldn't be a community. See, community is where people come together and they laugh together and they cry together and they ask questions and they talk and they do life together, and that's where people grow. That's what life groups are designed to do, to have questions that help growth and community be built in that class. I would say this about questions. Be innovative in getting your class involved by asking questions, by praying with one another. Sometimes I'll close out 
life group, and I'll just say, here's what I want you to do. Guys, I want you to grab a guy. Girls, I want you to grab a girl, and I just want you to pray over each other. Nothing specific. We're not going to take prayer requests. Just pray over the week. Ask the Lord to bless them this week. Be different. Invite them to pray over one another. Pray over each other. If someone's going through something, somebody's having a baby that week, pull them to the front of the class. Lay hands on them. Pray that the Lord will bless them and that baby, and that will grow that baby up to know them as their Lord and Savior. Somebody's getting ready to have a surgery. Pull them to the front. Lay hands on them. Pray over them. And pray over each other. Pray with one another. Pray over each other. Break up into small groups. Have some discussion questions where you send people into small groups and you let them discuss in small groups. Then bring them back in the large group and see what people talked about in those small groups. Be innovative in the way you're creating that community and growth and discussion. But overall, just ask questions. Get them involved. Let them be a part of the lesson. Don't just give them information, but let them be a part of the learning. With that being said, the last thing I want to share with you is that there are different adult learning styles. I'm going to give them to you quickly. You can Google this. There is tons of research and information out there, but I learned a ton when I did my own research on this. I'm going to give you adult learning styles. The first one is visual. People are visual. I would encourage you as a teacher to use a PowerPoint. Put the scripture up on the screen. Most people aren't carrying their Bibles anymore. And oftentimes I look in my life group, they're not even pulling their phones out looking at their Bible. They're just locked in on me. They're not reading the Bible, they're not listening to it, but they're visual learners. So put that scripture up on the screen. Put your points up on the screen. Give them something to look at. You can use your whiteboard. Maybe you have a whiteboard and dry erase marker in there and an eraser. And what you're going to do is write your points on there or, or write out prayer requests. Do something that engages a visual learner. There are oral learners. They hear by speaking, and that's the best way they learn. When you speak, they listen, and that's the way they learn. Some people learn best in print. So they want to take notes, and they may do that on their own, but maybe it's you providing something for them. Maybe you see they're not using a notepad, and so you print out your points with fill in the blanks or something. You say, I don't have time to do all that. That's fine. Just provide paper for them at the front door with some pens and say, hey, provided these for you. Maybe you want to take notes. Some people need to write things down. You're more likely to remember when you write things down. There's tactile learners where they have to discover stuff. They have to talk through things. They have to get with other people as a group and they walk through things. There's lots of information out there about that. There's interactive learners where they need the questions. They need the discussion. They need to talk through things. And then there's kinesthetic learners. They like movement. They walk around. And so what I like to do in our class, I like to get people up. I like to get them in small groups, moving them around, all of those things. What I'm trying to do in each one of my life group Sundays each and every week is engage each one of these different type of learners in some way. So I'm using a PowerPoint. I'm asking questions. I'm encouraging them to take notes. I'm speaking. I'm giving them time to work through and study. I'm trying to have it interactive. We have small groups at the end where I give them questions to discuss, and then I try to get them up and moving. You can't always do this. It doesn't always fit, but just keep in mind, not everybody learns the exact same way you do, so make sure you're providing different ways for different learning styles. 